Hello and welcome to the Pints and Penalties Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Rory West and on the podcast this week I'm joined by Cameron Christie. Hello. And Harry Tremaine. So, it's arrived. The Euros is upon us, officially starting on Friday with uh, Italy-Turkey, but the the main event is on Monday at 2 o'clock where Scotland kick off their campaign against the Czech Republic. Now, we've got a load to get into here. Um, We're going to just put this initial podcast out as a Scotland preview. Later in the week, we'll put out a general Euros preview where we touch on um, all the groups. But yeah, we've got loads to get into. What we're going to start with is the starting 11 that each of us would pick for the opening game against the Czech Republic. So we'll kick it, we're going to do it in order of uh, positions. So starting with goalkeeper, defence, midfield, and attack. Start with goalkeeper. Is there a, Has anyone gone anywhere other than David Marshall, or have we all stuck with him after his. Um, yeah. His penalty save, and I've gone for David Marshall definitely. I've not seen anything from the other options, and particularly Craig Gordon when he's played to suggest that we should go anywhere uh, with anyone else. Yeah, I think uh, Gordon's sort of damaged his possible uh, selection with what I thought was quite poor positioning um, for the the Memphis to buy a free kick against Holland, or sorry, the Netherlands. if, if, if that's the, the foolish of vote, but yeah, I've, I've also gone with David Marshall. I feel that it's almost one. It, it's not. I think, I think he just probably deserves it just. Uh, but you've got to look at the heroic for getting us here, um, and he at least deserves to to, to get the, the nod for the first game anyway. Yeah, it's not sort of like just a one-off moment, um, like a. a, a someone popping up at the back post with a header in the last minute and then they just merit a place in the squad or whatever. There's countless um, individual moments through that, the run, the, the penalty save against uh, Israel, and you even taking into account the, the save in extra time uh, away at Serbia. So, yeah, uh, as you said, I, I, I was kind of thinking about Gordon and could have, I thought at the time maybe it was a sort of wee blessing to disguise the... Um, Covid precautions of the players not travelling, but yeah, I don't think he did his um, chances any favours. So I'd imagine it's going to be Marshall, and I think in general Clark's going to go with players that he trusts in these this opening game anyway. But um, yeah, we'll shift on to defence. I think it's I think we're all stuck with the the sort of three five two or um, that's whatever variation of that anyway for the opening game. Um, back three, I went for. I think we'll we'll all have Kieran Tierney in there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, and it's just who's pairing him is going to be the the what could be different. I've went for Cooper and uh, McTominay. I don't know if anyone's went. I, I, I guess someone might have put McTominay in midfield, but um, yeah. I have yeah. So uh, you, look, in midfield. I've put him in. Yeah, def- I've got him in midfield. Yeah, so did I. Right, so I'm the only one that's actually got him in defence then. Um, I've I've liked what I've seen from him in defence um, in the games he's played. I just find that maybe something we'll touch on a wee bit later is that I don't think Clark's totally found his midfield balance yet, or his perfect sort of uh, pair anyway. Um, can, if, assuming you play a two or whatever, with maybe a number ten, um, and I I don't know. I I think it's. If, if McTominay was going to have played uh, in midfield, I know I kind of said in our group chat that 
the team we played against Luxembourg is probably going to be quite similar to what we will play against Czech Republic. I th- I think he might have just he might go with the the, the tried and tested and play McTominay uh, in defence. But um, if you don't, if neither of you have him, who have you gone for? So I, I've gone with uh, well, I've, I've gone with Liam Cooper as well. I've gone with Grant Hanley. Uh, I think you. It's kind of weird because obviously he, he only came back in the squad uh, recently, but I think he, he's he's someone that Steve Clark likes a lot, um, and I think I think he'll play. And I'd, as much as he's not particularly great as a, as a ball player, I, I trust him a bit more than I would trust someone like Jack Hendry to play that right hand side. Um, I think that the Hendry, when he's played, has been caught out quite a lot um, defensively, um, and he's. I feel that this is a game where we're going to be maybe bombarded a little bit more airily, um, especially obviously the threat that the, the checks carry from things at like the set piece. Um, so I'd rather have some bigger units um, in there. So that's why I've gone with, with, with Hanley and Cooper. But obviously if Cooper isn't fit, because obviously he missed out in Luxembourg, I think they'll probably draft uh, Declan Gallagher in there. Well, that's exactly who I've gone with for the central centre-back, Declan Gallagher. It's... I just think when you talk about the aerial threat, that was something that um, Serbia tried to exploit quite a lot. Obviously, a lot of their game plan relied on getting balls into uh, Mitrovic, and he was immense <clears> at dealing with that then. So I just think as the central centre-back, he's kind of looked comfortable there before. As you said, Rory, Clark's going to pick players who he trusts and have done it for him before. So I just think Gallagher... Again, for a bit of continuity as well. And as you've gone with, I've gone Grant Hanley on the right-hand side. And I think that should be okay in the sense that I'd maybe rather almost have him as the central centre-back in ideal circumstances. But O'Donnell as the right wing-back should give him enough cover. Um, and that's a little spoiler as to who I've got on the right side yeah. of the defence. I think my, my thing with Gallagher was I was surprised that he, he pretty much dropped out of the, the side completely for the, the three World Cup qualifiers. I think he was one of the one of the only outfield players not to actually get any minutes. Um, so I don't know what went on uh, there. I know obviously he a couple a little bit of injury problems and a little bit of drop in form. Um, but given how how well he played um, in, in, in the playoff games and and all that uh, to sort of those Nations League games as well I was surprised that he didn't even get uh, you know didn't even get on the pitch and which he, he wasn't one of them that had to isolate um, for the, the Holland game sorry the Netherlands game was he? I don't think he was no I think it was uh, <coughs> what Marshall Adams McGinn um, O'Donnell Patterson and was Hanley obviously. was he in there? Uh, Grant Hanley was one and then obviously uh, obviously John Fleck yeah that's the one yeah um, so I guess we'll shift into the the right wing back role. I think uh, have we all went with O'Donnell? Yeah. Assume, yeah. I think <clears throat> I, I don't think we. What I saw of Patterson, uh, I think he he's gonna he's gonna be there soon, sooner rather than later. But again, it's just Clark going with players he trusts in these games. I don't think you can risk someone who, while he does look really promising. There is still a lack of minutes and lack of experience in the international stage um, for such an important game, and we all know how a win here could, how 
well, how big that could do our chance or boost our chances rather uh, of qualifying from the group. So yeah, O'Donnell's a bit sort of just quite a steady pick. I think you'll you'll do okay. Um, and again, yeah, someone that Clark trusts. But um, yeah, any any other anything else on O'Donnell before we can shift on? I think it's just a pretty straightforward shout. Uh, you've mentioned there about parts of the sort of lack of, of game time experience at the national stage. On level as well, and he's not played too much. Um, but I think I think that for, for games like this, I think that he will go with his his tried and tested, and possibly after this tournament, is maybe is maybe Patterson uh, can can possibly take over that berth. Uh, his first choice, or of course, he might do as as we grow into the tournament. Um, but I still feel that he needs. To get more games at club level, whether or not that's going to be at Rangers or on loan, uh, but I think, I think for this one, you, you go with Stephen O'Donnell. Uh, a couple of times, obviously, he's looked a wee bit out of his depth. I felt, but very rarely does he does he properly let us down, and, and he'll always give you the effort. Um, and and to be fair, in some of these games, especially the Nations League, he, he did offer us a, a decent bit going forward as well. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. The thing with Patterson is you could maybe see him coming on later on in a game if we're trying to get something, maybe a guy that could offer a wee bit more going forward. But has anything on O'Donnell? Yeah, I would just say that playing O'Donnell, O'Donnell on the right-hand side makes a lot more sense, especially given that Scotland will uh, tend to focus a lot of their attacks on the left-hand side because, of course, that's where they're strongest on the pitch. So I just think... It offers a lot more balance overall to the team to play him rather than a more offensive wing back, be it Parson or even, you know, throwing Forrest in that position, for example. But, but yeah, I just think it's it's a more balanced setup. Yeah, um, I guess yeah, Forrest could be another option in that position, sort of late late on in a game or something. But um, yeah, we'll shift to left wing back again. A pretty straightforward shout, Greg Taylor, obviously. Um, as yeah, you, no brainer. As you joked earlier before we he, came on, he, he must be the. Uh, so that, I think he, with the exception of John McLaughlin, he must be the player who knows the most. Like, I am not playing barring a miracle in this <laughs> tournament, uh, because there's no way that he's displacing either of those two uh, on the left hand side. Obviously, it's 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 our captain Andy Robertson that will that'll be playing there. Um, I've I've. Well, when seeing this sort of the last two games, I thought that, that Robertson's performances have been a lot better than, than some of them have been in, uh, previously for, for for Scotland. I mean, he's, he's balling um, is, is significantly improved from from some of the games in the past. Obviously, I, I mean, uh, it's brilliant what he does for the uh, Kevin Nisbet's goal against against the Netherlands. So sort of, he's the one who wins the header and, and makes but eighty ninety yards up. Uh, to, to get the cross in for him, and it's a great delivery, and then some wasteful finishing from 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 Dykes prevented him getting a couple of assists against Luxembourg. Um, and his relationship with Kieran Tierney on that left hand side is, is is fantastic. I often feel that Robertson, either you know, he kind of maybe doesn't look so good because he occupies the defenders that, that gives Tierney the space to move into. Um, I just think that they've got a great thing going and would, and would be absolutely daft to, to make any changes to, to stop that I think those two have really <coughs> clicked now um, Any the, we, obviously there was a wee bit of criticism towards Robertson's performances and probably rightly so 
And I'm not sure whether that was just those two getting used to each other in that sort of area of the pitch. Um, do, does, do Arsenal still play three at the back, Kaz, or have they, have they shifted on from that? It's just... No, for now he's an out-and-out left-back in a back four. So Yeah, so um, it is two positions that they're both probably quite unfamiliar with from their club sites. But uh, yeah, um, obviously it's going to be Andy Robson in that position. Right, moving on to midfield. Uh, have any of you went with like a, a sort of a flat three or have you went, well I've went with a two and a, a number ten but um, Yeah, I've done the same but I suppose it could it's something that can be adapted based on you know how the, how the game's playing and there could be a sort of rotation of roles um, so Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the same as me where I've got two players who will probably interchange a little bit um, in the sort of number ten role um, maybe both play kind of as eight and you know advance at different times um, but yeah. So, John McGinn's definitely going to be in there. Um, Absolutely. Have, have yeah. either you I got him in number ten, or is he sort of as an eight? Yeah. He's, he's my he's my most advanced um, of the of the three. Right. So I I've got him in a number eight, and I'm kind of looking at my team here, and I think I might have went a wee bit too attacking. Um, <laughs> given my well, midfield three. I, I, so I've got McGinn and Armstrong as a two and then Christie and number 10. And it might just... Way yeah, I just kind of look at it now. I'd, I think I'd maybe have to swap... Probably have to swap in McTominay in the midfield for that. Um, I guess it's just it's whether you want to be a bit sort of proactive in a game. But yeah, I'm maybe just being a wee bit too over Steve Clark and getting too excited. But... I think, um, have any of you got Christie in there? No. You don't? No. Right, so I I thought in the game uh, against Luxembourg, we looked a little bit, I wouldn't say blunt in attack, but I think we kind of missed him a wee bit. And I'm not sure whether I'm just kind of getting a bit excited over the moment against Serbia and him picking up that decent position. But um, I, I still like what he does in that number 10. But I guess you could maybe... Look at it now, and Christy, and then another two forwards. Yeah, it could be, could leave yourself a wee bit exposed. So, you've, you, so you've, you've, have you both got McGinn in the number ten? No, well, so he's one of my number eight. Right, kind of push up to that area. Yeah. Right. So, you've, who have you got alongside him? Yeah. So, as a more defensive midfielder, uh, someone who's going to basically just hold things down is Scott McTominay. I think that playing in front of a back three will be of more benefit to him. Obviously, at club level, he plays in front of a back uh, four, and sometimes he even pushes forward, but I think he's definitely got that in his game. He's a solid passer, press resistant, so I think he's a guy you can trust in there. But, like you say, with McGinn, he's going to get through a power work, and I've also gone for Stuart Armstrong in there. I think, again, he's very mobile, uh, I think he's technically brilliant. He's had a really good season with uh, Southampton. Um, doesn't actually play that much for Scotland as, uh, in recent times, but I, I really think that he uh, he ought to be in the team because, um, yeah, you just get a, a really good shift out of him and he's he's very creative as well. Yeah, it's uh, the same midfield as I've got, like Tommy Armstrong. Um, and um, again, I've got sort of, again, more as a head of uh, Mick Tommy and Armstrong, but I suppose like like Harry's kind of said there, that you know that could be 
could be swapped about depending on, on what you're looking for. I think obviously John McGinn's significantly more as much as much Armstrong does does work hard, I think McGinn's significantly sort of more busy. Um, if you know what I mean, and having him and McTominay in there, you get a lot, a lot of energy and a lot of work. Um, and, and two really, really good football players as well. Um, feeding someone like Armstrong, who probably the more creative uh, of the three. I, th- I think that, especially for this Czech game, uh, and you're thinking of uh, somebody with such a threat, um, anyway, like like Suchek, I think it's probably key to have the height of McTominay in the midfield um, to, to, to sort of to combat that as much as I. It kind of annoys me when managers sort of make changes to their lineups based on opposition, but I think that's probably one that you're looking to counter. Um, is McTominay picking him up when he's trying to sort of make his way into the box for for crosses? Um, but I, th- I think we've got <laughs> we've got so many great options uh, in the middle of that pitch. I mean, you need to look at some of the players who we've not even named there. Um, Cal McGregor, who admittedly I think has been pretty rubbish for these <laughs> 20, 28 of his 30 caps um, he's been pretty terrible um, but you know he, he's still definitely some of the favourites from, from Steve Clark and then obviously the, the emergence of, of Billy Gilmore and, and David Turnbull who both got their first caps um, in the warm up games um, they're, they're both options um, as well so I mean we've got a lot of options in there but I think that I would I would like to see us go with McTominay Armstrong again. I've got a feeling that'll be it with McGregor in for uh, Armstrong. I suppose you can even take into account Ryan Jack who's missing out, which is something that um I, I was gonna mention a wee bit later on in a sort of um different topic, but so does that mean we're all going with two up top as well, yeah? Yeah. And I think yeah, I think are we going with all the same? I think you might should go somewhere different has given some of your comments in the past couple of days but we're all going with Shea Adams anyway I think that's an absolute yeah. stick on um, and I think something as well you can take into account is the obviously Adams and Armstrong playing together at Southampton the wee club link um, can help in just certain moments in games um, just that sort of chemistry within players uh, you've kind of seen it at times with some of the Celtic players when they've been on a bit of form um, for their country, so that that's handy. But yeah, I've I've went for Dykes. I think again, he's a guy that Clark trusts. I'm not sure how direct we're going to be going in this game. Um, I think just kind of looking at the the pro lineup for for Czech Republic, they they don't look particularly strong in the wide areas in terms of sort of midfielders. Anyway, I, I can't imagine. Uh, those guys are sort of going to be predominantly playing that wide um, so I'm not sure if you will have the option of or have a better option of getting balls into the box here and I guess you're looking at Dykes as a guy that can get his head on it clearly he didn't against Luxembourg and maybe that's where you well he did he just directed them in the wrong way <laughs> yeah yeah so 50% of uh, the battles won but Christy, have you went for Dykes or? Yeah, I've gone with Dykes and, and Shea Adams. I think that I I, I was impressed at times um, with with the way they, they were both able to link up in some of the games, especially looking at it. They, they both played their part in the goal. Um, they won us the game last uh, last night. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we'll we'll stick with that. Um, but you've always got the option of. Brian Fraser to come on. I, I think that's maybe the best thing to do is to, 
to have these guys on um, rough up some defenders and then you get whenever if we require it you can get Fraser on uh, probably for Dykes um, and then be able to, to then go in behind um, like well like Fraser yeah, it was, was it against the Czech Republic Fraser scored and he went in behind or was that uh, yeah, it was, it was yeah, yeah. I can't remember if it was them or uh, Slovakia um, but you know you can, you can maybe get hope for that situation again so I think that two is a two I would start with um, but for this game but I think across the, the piece you could maybe bring in Fraser for I'd probably say London Dykes um, maybe that's more looking towards the England game if they, they kind of lack pace and in the central defence. Uh, so, if you, you've not went with Dykes, have you, Has? No. No, I have in the end. Oh, right, Dykes. okay. But it, it is interesting that Kevin Nisbet hasn't actually come up in the conversation because I think as an individual player, I, I think that he's got a lot of the traits that I would like in a player who could play in a, a front two with Adams. Um and it makes things a little more or a little less one-dimensional in terms of one of them but I do think to your point Christy that that Adams and Dykes do have the makings of a good partnership and have kind of shown that at times obviously did link up to the goal albeit against Luxembourg but um, this Luxembourg team they're not the Luxembourg team of 15 years ago they're not they're not mugs anymore they are actually a, a, a relatively decent outfit I don't they're, they're not a mug but but like if if Scotland had lost the game oh yeah you'd been looking at it yeah right. exactly so, so not, it's we're like we're not Ireland <laughs> yeah exactly but so I, I think and again it comes down to the trust factor I think it would be interesting to see how he performs potentially against the Czech Republic because maybe he is a big game player because obviously in that Serbia game he was immense for us at that time we didn't really have many other options at the time because Nisbet wasn't around in the squad and neither was Adams um, but I mean I think Adams is the key one there uh, because he offers you not just the physicality you can play long to him but but you can also run it behind but then I think Nisbet's a really good option um, if Dykes isn't performing, I I feel a lot better about our forward line that, we, that we've got now. With I reckon those, those two are probably our starters, and Dykes and, and Adams, and then you've got a Fraser, maybe a Ryan Christie, uh, and Nisbet. Uh, because I, I, it's a Fraser and especially Fraser and Nisbet, I'd, I'd back them both to come on and, and, and get something for us. Whereas you look further down the pecking order and look at the two guys who came on most but from uh, in the Serbia game of Callum Parson and Oliver McBurney and I have zero faith in them scoring a goal uh, so I, I think that the, the options we have up front are better uh, better than they have been I think that we've got two guys there in Dykes and Adams who could play on their own or obviously play together um, so I, I think that we're pretty well stocked um, in, in the forward department, as we probably are at the minute, relatively across the pitch. I, you know, I, I don't mean to get carried away, but I think that we've got a really, a pretty well balanced and rounded squad uh, that, that Steve Clark managed to pick. Yeah, that was what I was thinking when the the team was announced yesterday, and you looked through the subs and you think just sort of listing the players who uh, weren't selected in the start eleven. Obviously, Armstrong, Turnbull, Nisbet, Fraser. Um, Forrest, Gilmore I guess you could even 
chuck scott mckenna in there a guy that was kind of a mainstay before um before sort of uh, yeah um so clearly guys that could step in um some maybe a bit of a drop in quality but yeah it's it's quite refreshing how as you said you go from that serbia game and um, in the build-up to qualification, the squad, and I guess this naturally ha- could happen um, in the build-up to a tournament that pl- more players like Adams decide to to join up with the squad or whatever. But it's a much stronger squad, and yeah, the, the example you made there, Christy, with the strikers. Well, I mean, I'm not even sure if Callum Patterson is a striker. I don't really even know what he plays for his club, but utility man. Yeah, that, uh, is, that is his listed position on Wikipedia. Is utility man. <laughs> I think this just is pretty spot on. So, um, no, it is because like, he's, he's, he's an athlete and he's a presence, but not exactly good anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, in terms of uh, the level required, um, especially with, with the Euros as well. Yeah. Um, so, any no one obviously has mentioned Gilmore. Did he come into any of your thinking? Or just again, Brief, similar? Briefly, briefly. But I feel that it's the tried and tested and the trusted um, that, that I think that Steve Clark will go with here um, and I think well, I think Harry you said to us earlier in the week that it's, it's maybe best not having him in a, a, in a side that's probably not going to be possession based we're probably going to have less of the ball than the opposition and maybe, maybe against Czech it might be a bit more even but in the other two games we're definitely going to have less of the ball than the opposition so you are looking for, for guys who are a bit more workhorse, uh, a workman like, um, and and can do the, the the shift defensively. Yeah, I mean he's he's the sort of player who you can kind of play it to out of defence, and he can receive the ball on the turn and then keep things ticking along. He's a really tidy player, but yeah, uh, my point was out of possession. I'm not sure that he provides near. Well, I don't I don't think he provides nearly as much as the likes of McGinn or. McTominay even so I, I just think that unfortunately at this point this tournament in terms of him actually seeing much minutes has probably come a bit too early yeah. I, I seem to remember there was a cause I didn't read it but I remember getting a notification about it and I think it was an article in The Athletic about what, what Billy Gilmore needs to do out of possession to sort of make his way into being a mainstay in the Chelsea team and so you know it it's something that, that other people have, have noticed as well, and um, it's perhaps going to limit his game time. But he's uh, he's absolutely one. It's going to be. I think he's going to be one that's going to be massively key for the national team for for years to come. Yeah, I guess the the, the similar thing with him and Patterson is the lack of experience and um, without sort of saying I want I'd pick players on height or whatever. I think you look at the again the potential lineups from both. The, the Czech game and maybe Croatia you could have midfields like midfielders like Suchek, Kral, Derida for Czech Republic and then when you go into uh, Croatia you're looking at sort of Brozovic and Modric guys that I mean I'm not saying they're going to bully him but it's a it's a fair test to get dropped into a, a midfield battle up against those guys and what would be your would it be his third cap or his first competitive yeah, cap anyway so yeah a, a someone it would be, it would be his first start yeah, so... Uh, he starts again. And, 
yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if even the um, the knock against Luxembourg could play a factor in, in, in him not playing because that was a pretty nasty, um, nasty one he took. But yeah, there we go. Any other sort of anyone else that did come into your thinking um, that didn't? I would have to actually give Turnbull a start because I think in terms of um, statistical performance in uh, Celtic's team, his creativity has been very impressive the only thing I would say is that I again do kind of worry about the what he offers out of possession does he offer more than Armstrong I don't think he does I think that Armstrong um, is is more equipped to kind of muck in at the back when required than, than Turnbull is but I would have been tempted to play him over Christie for example um, which was the number 10 that I think you had initially picked it's- yeah I think Christie would give us a bit more off the ball. I think that his work rate is probably higher than than, than Turnbull, and obviously he's, he's more experienced in this squad and how Steve Clark wants things to happen. Um, so I, I probably even if you're looking at a ten, you're thinking between Turnbull and Christie. I still think Steve Clark would, would go with Christie. I don't know if he was he one that got caught up in it as well because I noticed obviously he did he wasn't in the squad for the, the game against Netherlands and he wasn't also wasn't in the squad for the game against Luxembourg. Um, so not I've not heard anything or not seen read anything to suggest why that is. Um, yeah, I'm sure I do. But, but I think that that could possibly count against him um, starting these games because obviously he's, he's not been involved in the two so far. Who who were you say, meaning there? Yeah, Ryan Christie. Did he not play against Holland? Uh, unless I totally misread that. Uh, uh, he, he wasn't at all on the squad for the game against uh, Luxembourg. He he started against Holland. Yeah, but I didn't watch it, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so ignore everything I've just said. Uh, everything I've just said there. Um, yeah, I actually think he's more, more likely. Yeah, I think he's more likely to play um, if one of Adams or Dykes drops out than any of the midfielders. I think that Clark likes him almost playing off of the other striker yeah I think that's what he did against uh, or Netherlands if you if you will yeah so yeah again another option but that's something that's what you can like about this squad it is there's so much versatility in players who can drop into positions where you don't often see them in their club side Um, well for Ryan Christie other than that (laughs) game against uh, Ferenc Varos so um better said or less said about that the better for Celtic supporters but yeah um, right we'll move on now to what we kind of look at as our, our realistic chances what what can we hope for here um, I mean we, we are being realistic we're not going to win all three games I don't think I mean I, I, I just even saying that kind of hurts because why not but <laughs> no we're, we're not Wait, I think anybody with with half a brain cell knows that it's highly, highly likely that we are going to go and win all three games. I, I, I think there's a good possibility that we don't lose any. I, th- I think that there's a strong possibility we won't lose any. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're absolutely not going to win them <laughs> all three. I'd, I mean, realistically, I'd be very, very happy with four points from the three games. It's just yeah. I, I actually think four points is probably the max of what we're gonna get. This is just me trying to 
temper my expectations. I, I actually agree with you, Christy, that we, we might not lose any of the games, but we equally might not win any of them. Like, we could yeah, yeah. get three draws, um, which wouldn't be a bad performance, considering the, the level of opposition in the group, but... Obviously, so much rests on the Czech Republic uh, first up, and that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the tournament. I, I don't think that the game is a must-win. It's just a must-not-lose. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Is I think if we get beat there, it could be curtains, um, unless we 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 get arguably the, the best result in the country's history and go and beat England at Wembley in the Euros. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, if, if we get a point from the first game, minimum of a point required, if we can get it, I think we can get... The bet obviously depending on the manner as well, but if we can get it, I think we'll get the feel-good factor and hopefully we can do enough um, to, to, to even secure that kind of that third-place qualifier. Because, I mean, if you think about it, um, from, from the last Euros, I mean, Portugal didn't even win a game in the group, uh, got three draws, went through and, and won the whole thing. Northern Ireland just won one game as well, didn't they? To get uh, through. So, 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 in theory, three points, which, you know, either three draws or, or a win and, and, and two defeats. But you're probably looking, you're probably looking at likely it'd be better to draw three games for the goal difference wise. Because um, you'd imagine, unless you give the Czechs an absolute do and then you, you lose to Croatia and, uh, you know, so sorry, you lose to Croatia and England and, you know, you, you're likely to be a negative goal difference, so perhaps three three draws would be better than a win against the Czechs and two defeats. Yeah, I, I was thinking that the, the game against Czech Republic might, I'm not sure it goes far as like must win, but I think I we'd really need to, if that makes sense. Uh, just, I, I'd, I wouldn't like to go into the Croatia game with almost the pressure of knowing, okay, we're winner bust here. Um, I'm not sure... Clark is that type of manager that could get that get us out that hole, but then again, yeah, it's whether he sets up and says, "Right, right, we're not, we're just not going to get beat here." Um, but yeah, you're you're spot on with the that you can't we can't lose to get against Czech Republic. It's I'm not sure. It's difficult with I'm not entirely sure the rules and what supporters are allowed to do. Um, whether you're allowed to sort of chant or whatever, but it's how much the the home atmosphere is going to play a part. Because it will to some extent, but if fans are allowed to kind of go as mad as you normally will, would, I don't think they are. But if you, if you, sorry, has what you were saying. Let's have it right though. It will happen regardless of whether they're allowed to. <laughs> yeah, you can't really stop it. Yeah, I suppose. If if, if we score a goal, let's say, especially thinking about someone that a last minute winner, you're not going to stop anybody if you celebrate. Get on the pitch, anything.
But we'll, if we we'll can, have full we'll, at Wembley at least, though. There will yeah, be of a, a relative Scotland contingent at, at Wembley, and given that it'll be quieter than usual, uh, hopefully we'll be able to hear some of them. I mean, given. It's, I mean, it's again, it's it's all to do with the results from the first games because of England going um, after a defeat potentially to Croatia or even a draw. There's a bit more nerves. They've already been booing their team uh, at the end of friendly games um, because of the the sort of performances that they've been putting in against Austria and Romania. Um, so, like, there's every chance that. The England fans could be on their team's back, and that kind of plays into Scotland's hands. I mean, you mentioned about it could be quite hostile. I I don't know, given their behaviour recently, how players could react that if they if they boo the players taking a knee, and whether they react a wee bit differently, considering it's a friendly and or not a friendly, um, rather it being at Wembley, whether some players do just like not throw the towel in, but just think, geez, oh, like again why are they doing this and not saying like give up on the supporters but whether it f- affects them momentarily and yeah I, I think I, I, am, I mean like actually in the game as well though um, certainly against Austria they were coming under some pressure late on in the game and there was actually booing because I think the the England fans kind of feel that they really should be kind of putting a team like Austria to the sword. I mean, that is the expectation that they're under. So, um, but I mean, yeah, all of that comes into things. Uh, the reactions that they get from their their fans in, in a a vast sense. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of con- controversy with the the kneeling, which, yeah, I mean, hopefully that doesn't come into things. But, but yeah, I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like for that game. I think it could be pretty nasty. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd have some concerns if I was going down to London, to be honest. I think it's uh, the way that they're acting, the, the English supporters that are acting, it could get quite, um, yeah, quite vicious, to be honest. I, I, I just hope that even with the limited amount of Scotland fans out there, that uh, they, they're still able to, to drown out God Save the, God save the Queen with booing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's something that um, I'm hoping for anyway. Um, but right, okay, the let, let's just finish off our sort of uh, preview anyway of, of Scotland and what our strengths and weaknesses are from the squad to to get through this group. Um, kicking off with the, with the strengths, what what does does a squad have that that will get us through? I'll put that to you first, uh, Christy. Alongside our um, 
a world class, dare I say, uh, left hand save. Yeah, I think um, it's it, it's so important, and I'm not sure if it is cheesy to be fair because it it was such a big factor in like Wales's run to the semis in the uh, in 2016 Euros, um, and I guess even the sort of the two Irish sides qualifying in that in the, that same tournament. So it, it's so. Well, I, th- I think it's pretty prevalent with with Ireland because they sorry with Northern Ireland because they have so little. Uh, players they can pick from their squad remains the same all the time even if it's guys who aren't playing, either aren't playing or aren't playing very well for their clubs they're still sort of guaranteed to be in at least to be in the squads um, so I th- think that that's obviously key here um, and you know we've, we've got a lot of emerging talent as well Has what about you? Um, what strengths do you are you happy that or think they'll get us through this group rather? Yeah, so I would start off with a kind of, I guess, psychological factor. And you spoke about Wales, their run in the Euros last time out. Uh, a lot of that was, you know, based on the fact they'd not been at a major tournament in, in so much time. The kind of emotional groundswell behind that team, how well backed they were. Because if you think back to that tournament, they were very well represented by the fans. Um, obviously, it might not be as possible to do that given the the kind of situation but i'm sure obviously with games at hamden and at wembley there's going to be a a massive scottish support present and vocal so i think that will definitely back them especially just with the occasion of it all but from a, a team perspective i think that it's just we're very hard to beat and you can see that in the past few results we don't concede a lot of goals the only teams that have beaten us by or have even scored more than a single goal against us since that 4-0 defeat to Russia um, have been Austria and the Netherlands who are obviously a somewhat fancy team for the tournament so I think that you know the ability to stay in games even if we're losing but you know we're keeping it tight always gives us a chance um, so just kind of that stubbornness and it a solidity even though we don't have you know the best defenders in the world we're able to stay in games so we're always in with a chance yeah I, I agree with the, the sort of the point about the left hand side as well I just think um, one of the biggest strengths is, is, is Steve Clark the the manager I think you just need to look at the, the stuff with Killy and these are the, the games where he was so impressive and you're, you're looking at um the games against the old firm, and you're trying to think, right? Okay, that that we're in the most sort of similar position that Komarnik were to those games going into the Euros, um, and he had such a good track record in them. And I know the the start was a wee bit rocky under Clark, but yeah, I I've got sort of full belief in him now that he he knows the the, the correct team to pick, the correct setup. Um, I think that's that. You 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 look at some other managers in around the tournament and even better teams, and I think they're probably a poorer managers than Clark. So, um, that I think that's a the massive factor for us. But in terms of weaknesses, um, I I mentioned it earlier. I think the the centre midfield, um, well partnership or pairing or whatever number of players there are in the midfield, 
is one area I'm not sure he's got spot on yet. Um, I think the, the loss of Ryan Jack really hurt in that sense because he was really good against Serbia and you, you looked at that game and thought, right, okay, that's the guy that's going to be in there and sitting. Um, him getting injured just scuppered that plans of who would just, I'd imagine if he was fit, he'd have probably started the opening game. Um, but I guess the, the positive in this problem is that there are so many options and so many um, so many different options as well. You've got a number of players that can come in and offer something uh, or offer different things in different roles. So it, I'm not sure that's a massive weakness, but um, it is, I think uh, it's one thing I had to have a wee worry about anyway. I'd, I'd agree with you there. I think that with the jack out, um, I think it means that we now have to have in there. Um, whereas... If Jack had been fit, we could have played McTominay at right centre back. I think that that's probably a slight problem position taken care of. Um, that, again, I would put one of our weaknesses is possibly our, our right hand side of, of, of defence. Um, you're possibly playing someone a little bit outside their comfort zone, playing that right centre back role. And as much as maybe we talked up um, Stephen O'Donnell, I think that he's going to be someone who oppositions are going to try and exploit um, and pinpoint him uh, uh, you know pinpoint that area as one is one to get at um, for the game so I would say that that's maybe a, a slight weakness is, is the right hand side of our sort of maybe of our, of our defence I think that, that the oppositions will look at that and think you know um, that it's, it's obviously well, it's clearly not as strong as our left hand side um, and, and they look to exploit that and, and, and try and get some some gains um, out of your fight attack down our right hand side. Yeah, um, it's a shame to say because I, I do like O'Donnell, um, but it's it's is a weak area, um, especially the the England game does kind of worry me uh, in there, and I, I suppose you could probably chuck uh, chuck Croatia in there as well, assuming sort of. Yeah, just- just the prospect of you know the likes of Rashford kind of uh, being stuck on him or Perisic as well. To your point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd be more worried about yeah even Perisic than would be Rashford to be honest. But, uh, I mean yeah, it's just it's just a bit of a worry because if he bypasses um, O'Donnell, then you know <laughs> he's running at somebody like Grant Hanley. It just screams of a a, a little individual duel which the winger is going to get the best of quite a lot and that's that's not to knock Hanley but he's he's not exactly the quickest guy uh, around so yeah I'd, I'd worry about that yeah I think uh, or it could be Rebic as well so you know another option for out left for Croatia yeah but anyway um, yeah so has any any other weaknesses that you you'd see in our side well I just think that I think in an ideal world as you said, with Ryan Jack available, uh, McTominay would play the right side of defence, and I think what he what he provides there is what we are lacking, and that's kind of the the distribution side of things from most of our defence. I think Tierney's good at it because that's kind of the style of play that he plays at club, uh, club level. But what you often find is there's a bit of a an issue trying to play slightly more progressive pl- uh, passes out from the back when you've got guys like Hanley or Gallagher 
Cooper maybe less so, so that might factor into the thinking. But um, yeah, that's some of the problem uh, is being brave with the uh, passes directly out from the back, um, and it might cause us a little bit of trouble in terms of building our attacks out from the back, and we might have to resort to slightly longer balls or passes. But I mean, it, it's a concern, but not necessarily a massive one because we, we have shown that we, we can do it. It's just a little less strong with McTominay uh, not in the defence. So if I was to put a gun to both of your heads, how are we going to do? Um, I'm not looking at score predictions or anything, but total points then out of this, the three games. I'll go to four. What about you, has? <laughs> optimistic man it's just I, for reasons we'll maybe get into in another podcast we're going to do um, I, I think the Croatia game I, I can't see us getting anything there but um, okay I'm going to be optimistic I'll say four um, I'm I don't know I Oh god, I'm I'm gonna go three. I think we'll beat Czech Republic, um, but I think it might. Is it is it three enough to go through, or is it three and just miss out? Uh, well, since there's no other op uh, sort of rules, then yeah, three three's well enough to go through. Yeah, definitely. Right. <laughs> I, I don't. I'll depend on the gold options. I think. Yeah. I, I don't think. Well, like, just, we're not going. I don't personally. I don't think we're going to get a horse off of England. That's for sure. Um, but. It, it, see if we were to go out, but we we're going to be going beat England at Wembley. I think I'd I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> we're it's... just we're just gonna miss out by the one goal, but we, we beat them at Wembley. I'll, I would take that. Yeah, I just see some like I I think uh, I think the England game is could be quite poor. Uh, I don't think they're that an exciting watch, and I can just. If you if I was going to put money on anything, there'll be a penalty in that game, um, and, and it'll probably be to England. But you never know; David Marshall will probably save it. So, um, yeah. But if, if, if you're asking, if you're asking the optimist of me, a favourable draw, uh, it's a quarter final. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if, you, if we were to somehow finish second in the group, we would potentially get a decent draw because I think you get the. I think it's either third or yeah, no. So it's second from Spain. Yes, Spain, Poland, Slovakia, or Sweden. Uh, You'd imagine Spain would top that group. Um, And uh, well, you never know. That group's pretty open. Uh, I'm not really. Quarterfinal. I I I take the (laughs) quarterfinal. I'll take that. And you'd quite likely be playing a France if you made it that far. So oh, we'll, we'll beat them as well. Yeah, done it. <laughs> done it before. We'll do it again. No, exactly. We'll, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll wheel the James McFadden down from the commentary box. Yeah. Um, just to bang in another forty-yard square. Are are any of the knockout games at Hamden? Like, could we play a knockout game at Hamden, or is it just the group games there, at Hamden? There, there is one at Hamden, but I don't know um, if it's possible it's going to be us or right. not. 
there is there is a last sixteen game at Hampton, um, but I'm not. Uh, sorry, I'm not sure if it's us or not. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, God, I I I'm already regretting saying three. So. Shock is nine. No, yeah, I, to be fair, I I kind of want to say three as well, but uh, I just I, there is a part of me that thinks if England go into the Scotland game having lost or drawn against Croatia, I, I just there is part of me that thinks we can get something there. I don't think if they get beat in the first game, they're not going to come out like sort of come out uh, all guns blazing. Sort of, out first, getting it like getting us done in early doors. They're going to be nervous as anything, and the the crowd will get on their backs. So, yeah, if if they get beaten that first game, all pressure's on them, um, and that's exactly what you want. It's already on them anyway. But if you if you can sort of pile any more pressure on them, then great. <laughs> so, there we go. Um, I think we'll kind of round things off there for for the Scotland preview. Um, we're just sort of a way to re- continue and record a. a the general Euro, Euros preview, rather, uh, as I mentioned at the start, but yeah, it's still quite surreal to be honest. I've I'm uh, we've known it for so long, but now that's well less than a, less than a week away, given that we're recording this at, um, sort of half well back at eight on a on the Monday. Well, Jesus, this time next week we'll either be celebrating or um, who knows. Celebrating a nil-nil draw, um, not getting beat. Yeah, yeah, I've I've got faith. Um, But yeah, I I I don't know. Do you still feel a bit like Jizo? It's actually here. Like I can't actually believe it. Feel like we're. Aye, given that well, we well obviously we well you're you're ninety six. Me and myself and Harry born ninety seven. Way too young. To, to see nor remember any of, of France 98 so I mean this is the first tournament we've seen us playing um, you know we, we've watched it as a as a neutral i.e. anybody but England um, for, for for probably since Euro 2004 um, and, and to be there it's I, I'm still not sure for myself that it's sunk in that, that we're going to be there I'm sure it will come Come uh, two o'clock on, on, on uh, next Monday, um, but oh, I'm I'm so looking forward to it, um, and and I'll, I just I you know if, if we go out we go out. But I just hope that, that that we manage to get some sort of thing that, that, that we can remember forever. And um, if it's a goal, if it's a big tackle, a great save from Marshall, <laughs> I, I just love it. A big just, tackle. Come on. <laughs> Aye, and it's just, it's, you know, Declan Gallagher wiping out Harry Kane or something like that. Ending um, his tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah, giving him uh, the, the dreaded uh, England Met Arsenal injury. Yeah, um, the golden boy won't be lifting that trophy at Wembley. No, games 
we could theoretically still qualify. So just really looking forward to it. And like, and like you say, Chris, it's just, it's just about having a moment that you can at least take from the, the tournament. I mean, you don't want to go there and lose every game 1-0 or, or something like that. Just just something. Just something you can take. Because ultimately, it's the first time we've been at a tournament in so long. We're kind of just happy to be there. But it would be great to obviously advance further. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll, we'll round things off there. Um, we'll be kind of all over Twitter and stuff with, with uh, in the build-up to Monday. Um and I suppose Friday even because it's all sort of it's all, it's just good to have uh, an international tournament, um, especially with some supporters. So yeah, uh, we'll be back uh, later in the week with the the, the Euros the yeah Euro preview. Um, but until then, Jizo, um, come on Scotland, I guess. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah.